Your move, creep. Wish me luck, Freezer. You go, Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. It's the only thing I know how to do. It's a good-looking boy. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate. That's night for! Welcome to Earth. You crossed the line. You know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Retrograde Podcast Patreon. I am Austin. And I'm George. And this is a special episode. Because this is our first time trying this format out. I'm really excited. I am very excited. This is probably one of the most... This is one thing I wanted to do on the Patreon that I've been most looking forward to. Other than like launching the Patreon. (laughs) Um, This is our sequel speed pitch series. This is an episode where we will take a movie that we have covered and come up with a sequel or remake on the spot so this is not like something that we have been thinking about before maybe like in the shower like oh wouldn't it be cool if the sequel did this but like there's we're giving ourselves 45 to 30 30 to 45 minutes of prep to pitch a sequel or remake to a movie that we have covered it's not gonna be like a golden globe screenplay candidate no this is it's written in 30 to 45 minutes. It's going to be a lot of fun. More than anything, I hope it is fun for us. Because we don't even know what movie we're going to cover. What we have here is a random number generator that will give us a number between 2 and 74, which is the amount of episodes. So our latest episode is 74. And it'll pick a movie from there. And then we'll we'll have a timer set up and we're going to do a, write a pitch 30 to 45 minutes this is exciting man because we don't know which films we're gonna we're gonna talk about and we don't we don't even know if it's gonna be like a reboot or a sequel like i haven't really thought about much much of this and we have 30 to 45 minutes to so what are the rules exactly austin okay so the rules are it's good we have to decide whether or not it's a remake or a sequel and if it's a remake you know, we're going to have to like change it up a bit, right? Like we can't like if we did Grease and we did a remake of Grease, it's got to be different from the original Grease, right? Like maybe instead of setting taking place in the 50s, it takes place in the 80s. I don't know. It's up to it's up to the person to decide. Another rule is we didn't really talk about it, but this should be a rule. I should have written it down. You can't just copy the sequel that already exists. Right. So if we get Star Wars, we can't just write Empire Strikes Back. Yes. That that's lame. <laughs> the third rule is we need to pick a song that will be used as like a that will have a down tempo cover in the trailer for the movie. Right? Cuz that's the big thing now. All the movies that have trailers, they have a cover of a popular song that's played down tempo. It's like a slow cover or something. Right. Uh, so we got to pick what song we're going to use in the trailer for our fake movie. And then we have to figure out how to incorporate an actor that was in the original film. Right. Because that's the big thing that all these sequels do. Right. They got to get like, oh, let's get a uh, let's get Bill Murray to, to come back for Ghostbusters. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> rule number uh, five. 
is we need to incorporate the line that we picked at the end of the episode. For example, I don't think I, I picked Can You Fly Bobby? But if we did Robo, if we picked Robocop, I would have to put in Can You Fly Bobby somewhere in the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what I picked. Um, and then the last rule is that we have uh, 30 to 45 minutes to write it. All right. So that was a lot. So remake or sequel, down tempo cover, don't copy the previous sequel, had to incorporate a previous actor and incorporate the line that we picked our quotes and then the time limit okay well i'm ready? ready let's do this you're ready okay. i got the i got you're the ready? retrograde podcast open i'm ready to go <laughs> all right generating a random number now george what is episode 51 Episode 51 is, oh, shit, <laughs> Spider-Man 2002. <laughs> oh, we have to make a sequel to Spider-Man. That's going to be so hard. Oh, oh my God. God. What the All fuck? Right, so we can't we can't copy Spider-Man 2. There's so many sequels. What the fuck? Oh, my God. I'm already regretting this. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. So, okay. You said ep- number 51, correct? Yes. So it is Spider-Man, the 2002 directed by Sam Raimi. So yeah, we can't do Spider-Man 2. Right. You have to, it has to be our own vision of, okay, what, what I got to act like the sequels don't exist. I'm going to look at this movie. What is, what do I feel should, should happen next? Okay. And if you, if there's some stuff that like, you know, you're going to copy from the sequels. Like, it's it's okay. Well, it's well, right? it's fine like, to a certain obviously, extent. Obviously, Harry might find out that Peter killed his dad, yes. right? That's not something that's like, oh, you copied Spider-Man too? No, 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 no. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, we're, we're good. We're good. I Scout's Honor, you're not going to just copy the rest of the Spider-Man movies that no. happen. Okay. I think... Spider-Man, that's that's what we're going to do. That's Spider-Man. <laughs> All right, so Austin go. and I are going to separate. We're going to go for 30 minutes. We're going to do a quick check, see how we're doing. And then if we're done, it's done at 30 minutes. If we need more time, we'll do an extra 15 minutes. But when we come back, we will have our pitches ready. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. The timer, I'm starting the timer now. Okay, that is time. Pencils down. We are ready to pitch our sequels. But first, let's talk a little bit about this process. George, how do you feel? 
I feel really good. Uh, knowing that this is the first time we've done it, I've never actually kind of done something like this where like in a short amount of time, it's like, all right, just write whatever you can, right? And what's mm-hmm. difficult is I think this is, this was a tricky episode to start episode to start with or movie to start with because Spider-Man has technically like eight movies, right? In the entire Spider-Man franchise. Right. And so th- we've kind of seen all the, his other villains. We've kind of seen what some of the story developments that have gone through. So it was hard kind of trying to do something different, try to focus on something else. But even then, I found myself kind of repeating certain beats from previous film unintentionally. But it was mm-hmm. like, it just makes the most amount of sense. So having a movie that already has sequels makes it harder. Like, it, I think I realized at this point that it's kind of hard because there's preconceptions that of what Spider-Man brings or is supposed to have that you're supposed to address because of fanfare but there's like there's the actual plot right like like there's the actual like all right this is where this fight scene is going to happen this is what this is going to happen but then you have to figure out the story which is like all right what is this story what's this movie about like the heart of it right right and it's kind of difficult because the plot i was already like oh this this fight's gonna happen here and here and i was thinking about plot first but with the story like i wrote my plot down first but then afterwards, I was like, all right, what's my story about? Like, what's the actual... <laughs> like, I went about it ass backwards. But it kind of worked in a way. Because yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I need to change this in the plot. But this kind of works. And oh, okay. Again, it's not it's not good. But it, was, <laughs> it got me through writing this pitch from beginning to end of the movie in 45 minutes. So I'm like, yeah. oh... It's, it's really cool and interesting, but having a movie, having a fran- making a sequel to a franchise that already has, like, seven sequels, sort of, like, with reboots and stuff, it's like, oh, shit. And it also has, like, the, the video games and the comic books and the TV shows and everything, so you're you're going to pull from something. Yeah. You're just trying not to, like, make Spider-Man 2 from 2004 or whatever. Yeah, right? and <laughs> I kind of did focus on something different that I haven't seen too much of. That the movies have never really gone into, so I'm kind of excited to talk about it. Okay, how how was it for you, Austin? What what did you, how did you feel? Um, about it? for me, I was like, oh, where do I start? Okay, we have these rules. I kind of use the rules to like guide me, to kind of like, all right, I have to do write something that is gonna allow me to use my line. I'm gonna have to write something that goes well with this song that I've already picked. Oh, what do I want to see? What did I want to see in a Spider-Man movie? okay, can I make this all work? How do I start the movie? And then that was where it got dangerous because I started writing the movie. Like, I was <laughs> I was like, all right, what's the funny thing for Spider-Man to say here? Oh, shit, there's 11 minutes left. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, I, so, I didn't even pick any dialogue. <laughs> I just couldn't. <laughs> I had no time. Um, but, like, I, got, I, had, I had written down what the movie was about at the beginning, which is pretty much the same as what every single Spider-Man movie is about. So I kind of like made a way going back to what the movie was about, made the rest of it easier, mm-hmm. um, which is similar to what your experience. I, I think it was bass backwards, <laughs> but I was trying to do it like by the rules, the rules, the rules helped shape this movie. Yes. Well, it's just interesting that, look, you and I do this all the time. We say story comes for it. So, people, story and plot are very different. Plot is, like, the actual things that happen. This person goes into this room and does this thing. Story is, like, what's the movie about? 
what's the actual plot concerning about? Like, what is it, you know, the theme when with great power comes great responsibility? Is it, um, you know, uh, family will always triumph? Like, that's part of the story. And it wasn't until I actually had a plot laid out that I was like, oh, so this is clearly the direction I'm focusing in. And I kind of accidentally tied my story into my plot and it kind of fit kind of well it was it was like very accidental mm. and i didn't intend for it because i was like oh this is kind of silly and goofy so i'm not you know gonna take it 100 serious but after it i was like oh wait I, I, there, there could potentially be something here like, like obviously yeah. like, <laughs> like obviously through a lot of rework and stuff but i don't know right it's it's you know what it is it was fun and it was it actually was fun. kind of it was really fun it was kind of creatively liberating yes but i will say was. and i'm sure you'll agree with me i appreciate the 2004 film a lot more because actually writing down like the <laughs> sequel it's like wow sam raimi and company were in a tough position writing a sequel to this movie and they pulled it off well they also had months to prepare and like millions and millions of dollars oh no no absolutely but i, I i'm <laughs> assuming the pressure was still on though right oh well for sure the for pressure sure. was still but like and also, it was up to more than one person no 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 <laughs> absolutely but i still appreciate it because spider-man mm-hmm. 2 is almost like a perfect movie in my opinion like i i i it's not but i love it and i see it as that way because i think all the pieces in that movie just align to its theme like every scene is just pushing the theme forward and i remember watching it right. with chris and it was like Oh my god, like this movie t- this scene ties into this and this scene ties into that and it all ties into the theme that being a superhero fucking sucks. Right, right, right. Okay, so with that, let us get into the actual pitches for our movies. Mhm. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. How do we you'll go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Oh shit. Okay. Okay, we'll see how si- I'm going to see how similar your story is to mine. We'll see. We'll see. All right. <clears throat> So, going down the list, right, this is a sequel to the 2002 Sam Raimi-directed Spider-Man film, okay? And, um, so to, to start with the story off, it deals with, it picks up a few months after the original Spider-Man conclusion, where Mary Jane and Peter have gone their separate ways, Harry is grieving the death of his father, and wants to hunt and kill Spider-Man, wants his revenge on Spider-Man. Um, so the movie picks up with Harry work or uh, Peter working. He's graduated college. Graduated. Oh college? no, he can't. He can't have graduated. Sorry, that was a, that's a plot <laughs> hole. Peter is interning for this electronics company called Bestman and Tomes Electronics, shortened for BTE, right? And they're an electronics company, but Peter's interning there as you know. I'm sure an electric company still needs like a scientist, you know interning and whatnot so peter's busy been busy doing that meanwhile harry is still grieving the death of his father norman and vows to to take revenge on on spider-man now bestman and tomes are an electronics company and because in the previous film basically the leadership of oscorp is completely decimated like the board the chairman of directors, the board, <laughs> were all decimated where they turned into skeletons. Harry Vaporized. Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Harry is technically in, in, I don't know how companies, businesses work, but Harry is kind of the CEO now as he's the son of Norman Os- Osborne. 
but he does not care about running the company. He just wants to kill Spider-Man. So Oscorp is struggling. And Bestman and Tomes Electronics, a big business, kind of comp almost competing with Oscorp in a way, wants to take over the company, figuring that they can use the they could use Oscorp resources to just do a bunch of cool shit, right? And the company, Bestman Tomes and Electronics, is run by Gregory Bestman and Adrian Tomes. Now, Adrian Tomes, for those of you who know, actually becomes the vulture. That's right. I've chosen the vulture to be the villain in my film. <laughs> who was the villain in Homecoming, but he takes a different route. So Peter is trying to help his friend carry grieve. And he's trying to tell, convince Harry that Spider-Man did not kill your father. And Harry's not buying it. Harry or Peter is trying to balance the internship, but also helping his friend and going to college. And he begins to neglect Mary Jane and Aunt May, completely neglecting them. He the thing about uh, Peter and MJ is that he is continuously ghosting her in the film, not on purpose, but because rest responsibilities keep coming up. What are those responsibilities? Peter going around trying to spend time with Harry, look after his best friend, the man who he's looking after who he, and he, peter also feels responsible because he he did kind of kill norman you know while working at uh at bestman and tomes electronic peter finds out that they're trying to they're planning to take over he warns harry and he warns harry's trying to prepare him for him and harry is trying to you know he's maybe coming around a little bit. He still hates Spider-Man, but he's like, maybe I need to take more responsibility in the company. He ultimately wants, Harry doesn't want to lose control of Oscorp because he wants to use the technology that Oscorp has to find and kill Spider-Man. If he loses it to Bestman and Tomes, he loses the technology, the gliders, the bombs, everything. So throughout the film, Bestman, Tomes, Gregory, and Adrian are trying to take over Oscorp but Harry constantly pushes back. It's like a mini succession episode. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but then Adrian Tomes is becoming frustrated. He thinks that little snobby rich kid, you and I worked our way, uh, best, you, Gregory and I worked our butts off. We're trying to help the world, you know, and you're, you little rich shit are getting in the way of it. So Adrian decides to take his own, his own weaponry, his own, assets and create a vulture costume and decide that he is going to kill harry once he kills harry they will there will be nobody between bestman and tomes electronics taking over oscorp peter parker obviously finds out and he goes and protects harry right fighting the vulture for the first time harry sees this and he becomes enraged thinking that's the man that killed my father and through and from there on vulture is trying to kill harry while Peter is trying to protect, protect him. Eventually, at this point, Peter doesn't know that the vulture is Adrian Tomes, right? The identity is still a secret. But one day while he did, he's kind of, he sees a piece of technology that he's familiar with that he might have seen in the lab. He goes in and spies and sees, oh no, Adrian has been using his own technology to become the vulture to kill Harry. So, he but he, Harry can't or Peter can't send this to the police because they won't believe him or there's NDAs. I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so he decides to do the second best thing. He decides to leave incriminating evidence onto Gregory's desk 
that proves that Adrian is the Vulture. Gregory confronts Adrian and says, "You, why are you trying to kill him? This is not what we started to do. We're trying to make the world a better place. And Adrian's like, no, you're just not ambitious enough to do what you need to do. Grab life by the balls. And I am. I'm doing what's necessary. And you're holding me back. And then Adrian kills Bestman. Kills his friend. Oh my god. The backstory is that Bestman and Adrian went to high school together. They went to college together. <laughs> They've been lifelong friends. They're basically brothers. And now Adrian in his wild ambition for power has 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 corrupted him and he's killed his best friend. And now he's completely gone vulture and decided that he's going to kill Harry. Um, ultimately, Harry decides that he needs to protect himself, that he needs to kill both the vulture and Spider-Man. So he decides to take the same serum that his father took in the previous film and become the Hobgoblin. And uses the glider to try to fight. Use the fight. Uses the glider to fight Vulture. So, it, in the final fight of the film, it's Spider-Man versus Vulture versus uh, the Hobgoblin fighting on the Empire State Building. The three of them flying, swinging, trying to trying to you know Peter's trying to protect Harry. Harry's trying to kill both Vulture and Spider-Man, and the Vulture's trying to kill Harry. So it's kind of like a weird triple so threat. They- hmm? So Vulture knows Harry is the Hobgoblin. Yeah, yeah. Like Harry's not Harry's not keeping his identity a secret. He he doesn't feel like he he doesn't feel he needs to, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. And so the Vulture manages to get the upper hand on Harry and almost kills him, and Spider-Man saves him. And Harry sees this. And Harry sees this. And then Spider-Man manages to pull through, grab enough strength, and beat Vulture. To a pulp, not killing him, but beats him unconsciously, webs him up, and and that should be the end of the fight. But Harry, being slowly consumed by the same serum that drove his father mad, begins to attack Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's like, it's not like, no, don't attack me. Like, I'm, I didn't kill your father. <laughs> uh, and and Her- But Peter cannot fight Harry. He doesn't want to hurt his best friend, you know? Um, and then eventually, because he can't hurt his friend he he, harry gets the upper hand and begins to beat spider-man to a pulp bloodying him and 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 spider-man cannot defend himself anymore and harry decides to figure out the man underneath the mask pulls it off and sees that it's peter parker his best friend and he's so conflicted by this and so angry and suddenly sad that he gets on his glider and leaves and doesn't doesn't know how to cope with this so he decides to leave peter at the top of the empire state building beaten to a pulp as harry flies away the vulture is captured by the police and peter manages to swing back to his apartment completely battered and injured he hears a knock on his door and he sees that it's his aunt may who he's been neglecting the entire film as she went over to check on him she sees that he's beaten injured and that he's sad and she is there to comfort him. And so the final shot of the film is Peter being held by Mary uh, uh, by Aunt May as the titles roll. Okay, what was your quote then? My quote, so I had two quotes for the original film. It was, uh, deliver us from evil. Say it again. Or, oh, shoot. What, how is it? Was he, um, oh, deliver us was... from evil. And he's like, finish yeah. it. I didn't use that one. 
Uh, I was basic. I was a basic bitch, and I said, "With great power comes great responsibility." Okay. Which okay, is a okay. quote that which I incorporated it by um, by Peter saying it to Adrian Tomes because Adrian Tomes is a man that oh yes has found, he's too ambitious. Oh, okay. Okay. I yeah, see. and he says, "With great power comes great responsibility," and um, so that's how I used the quote. And the song that I was going to use that slowed down the down tempoed song is actually "Ain't No Sunshine" by Bill Withers. <laughs> yeah i liked it and so uh, that's good yeah i kind of liked it because i felt like with this one obviously there's no back and forth with mary jane in fact i i think by the end i was <laughs> like she's barely in your movie oh, no, no 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 well that was the thing i couldn't find a way to constantly incorporate her i wanted to focus on harry and peter and kind of make them the 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 go-to f- relationship in the film Mm-hmm. kind of have them be like the center because their friendship has always been pivotal to the films but i don't think it, it was ever really like explored like it's always been peter and mj and i was like no i want this to be peter and harry and it kind of mirrors mm-hmm. the friendship between uh gregory bestman and adrian tomes right but adrian mm-hmm. was consumed by his ambitions and anger towards harry that he decided to kill his friend um and instead of Harry falling into that trap he he holds back and his friendship to Harry is what keeps or Harry's friendship to Peter is what keeps Peter alive at the end he just needs time to reconcile with everything Mm. yeah that's my that's my sequel that's my speed sequel pitch to Spider-Man 2002 nice nice there is some there's some parts of it where it's like oh shit he went the same way i did really there's parts where it's like oh he did why did he do this that's interesting <laughs> like towards the beginning of your story i'm like dude this sounds like succession what are you <laughs> uh, yeah i was interesting i was interesting. well i was thinking like well what's oscorp been up to you know and it's like yeah. oh shoot yeah. I, okay i could make we could kind of make it a little bit succession okay all right all right okay so, so austin what is your sequel pitch? Okay, well, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. The cover that will be in the trailer for My Spider-Man 2 is the Rolling Stones' Paint It Black. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, right, okay, I already so know it. You already know? I already, I already, uh, know, what, course, I already know what the villain is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Peter Parker is like fully settled in his role as Spider-Man, right? But the weight of the responsibility of his powers is wearing on him. He wants to be there for all the people in his life, but he has to defend the city with his Spider-Man power. And because of his, his power is so great, it attracts the symbiote, which is an alien like parasite that bonds to you and like combines itself with your DNA and everything right and that's what turns spider-man into venom um so after a fight uh with a villain uh it he recalls the the words of wisdom from his uncle and he is able to reject the symbiote and the symbiote feeling spited it goes off to find another person who hates spider-man just as much okay so the film the film starts with an armored van bearing the infamous Oscorp company's name. And the guards 
are chatting about the status of the company because you know like george said the entire board is dead <laughs> it's, just, it's just norman osborne at the top so they're like what's that gonna do to our pensions you know and, and then uh the guard's van is like attacked by an electric blast it just like sends the van tumbling over and one of the guards crawls out of the car and he sees the assailant and it's the shocker but before the shocker can kill the guard and steal the contents of the the van spider-man intervenes you know he has like a bit of a quip because spider-man does that he makes fun of his villains when he fights them um but before spider-man can like you know capture the shocker and leave him for the authorities and everything he's distracted by something crashing down from the sky at a nearby park and Shocker uses this opportunity to get a cheap shot in on Spider-Man, and then he gets away. Um, and Peter, you know, he's he's a photographer in this movie, and he makes his living by taking pictures of Spider-Man and selling them to J. Jonah Jameson. And he's, like, looking over the pictures of the fight, and he hands them over to Jameson, and Jameson's, like, weak, trash, bad, but... Because uh, Peter, or because the Shocker got that cheap shot in with against Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson is like, this is amazing. I love this. And Peter's like, wow, that makes me look bad. But like, I want to make money. I got to make rent. So he sells that picture for double his usual price with J. Jonah Jameson. When the double the price isn't really a lot, but it's it's enough, right? Yeah. Um, so... He sells that one begrudgingly, and he has a coworker slash frenemy, um, Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock is a journalist, and Eddie Brock is—he's serious about journalism. And Peter Parker is like a photographer who takes pictures of a superhero, so he kind of like makes fun of them. And then when he sees the picture that uh, of Spider-Man getting his ass beat, he's like, "This is the best picture of Spider-Man you've ever had." Um, <laughs> Eddie is working on a piece that is going to, it's kind of like a hit piece on Oscorp because Oscorp is a weapons manufacturing company. They're responsible for the Green Goblin and everything. Um, so, you know, they're not exactly, he wants to take them down, right? He's a journalist on a mission. Um, so Harry is also in the movie. He's the head of the, the company, right? Just like in George's. And he's grown distant with Peter. He wants to like bring Peter into work for Oscorp. But Peter is like, I have other things to do. And he kind of resents him for like, what, you're taking pictures of my dad's murderer not working with me? Okay. Um, Mary and Peter, they still keep in touch. But she suspects that he's hiding something. Right, because Mary Jane knows that Peter is a photographer, and she, because of their friendship, she knows how uh, much preparation you need to be a photographer, and you know to get the, the right lens and everything and all that. And she's like, "How do you take such good pictures of Spider Man? You must know him." So she suspects something, mm -hmm. um, but you know Peter's like busy doing all this superhero stuff, and on a particularly hard day right like it's like the worst of the worst like he has to like 
he loves Mary Jane, but he can't be with her. He he tries to hang out with Harry, but Harry's too busy trying to run a company, and he detects all that. It's just a hard day for him. And then at the end of the day, he sees the picture of his ass getting beat by the shocker. And he's like, God damn it. Why can't I win? And in his like moment of um, weakness, the symbiote, it, it's like it's like the evil dead where it's like you see it like zooming around and everything and it attaches itself to Peter and he's seeing visions. He's seeing all the things that he wants to do, all all of his desires, but it's like in a twisted, fucked up way. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a really trippy, like visual thing. And because he he saw the shocker beating his ass on the picture, he's like that guy i fucking hate that guy i'm gonna go kill this guy so his when the symbiote is attached to him his all of his powers are amplified and he's able to to like find the shocker and he goes over there his spider-man suits all black now um he just whoops the shocker's ass Just, just almost like murders this guy but then he recalls the words of his uncle with great power comes great responsibility so so he he spares the shocker and he rejects the symbiote and the symbiote just just gets dispersed somewhere right and then the shocker gets captured right and because of the shocker's identity um the oscorp he's the shocker had been attacking oscorp and because this guy is in jail right oscorp is now on the rise the stocks go up and the daily bugle is like Eddie Brock, your piece on against Oscorp, not the best time. And <laughs> Eddie is furious because he's like, this company is terrible. We're not going to go after them because their stocks are up because, you know, it's not popular to dislike them. This is bullshit. And he hates Spider-Man for doing this. He blames Spider-Man for this, um, for being a vigilante and like doing things this way. Uh, and that hatred it attracts the symbiote. Um, so the symbiote attaches itself to Eddie. And Eddie also hates Oscorp because he thinks Oscorp is a terrible company. And who does he go to attack? He attacks Norman. <laughs> or Harry. <laughs> or Harry, sorry. Norman's dead. He goes <laughs> for Harry. He goes for Harry. And... uh Peter is kind of like thinking about all the things that the the symbiote showed him, all of his desires, and he knows that he he has to be there for the people that he loves as well. So he goes over to Mary and he tells her everything. And she's like, I knew something was weird about you. I knew you were hiding something. And she makes a joke about the nerdy reporter secretly being a superhero. And she makes a joke that Superman might want to sue. And then, um, which is what my line was from the the first film. Uh, So Spider-Man, he has a battle with Venom. Venom has Harry, uh, like, trapped, right? Harry's, he's threatening to kill Harry. But he, you know, it's a really cool battle. I don't know how it happens. You know, it's it's whatever. They, They have a good battle. And Venom is defeated. But it's the kind of defeat where it's like, is he dead? Nah, we'll keep him, we'll keep him in, in the pocket in case we're going to make a Spider-Man 3. No, he'll, maybe he'll come back. Um, and he, he saves Harry 
right? As Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because of all the things that the symbiote showed him, his desires, he wants to, like, make right with all the people in his life. He doesn't want to be secretive with them. Uh, he unmasks himself in front of Harry, and he offers his hand in friendship. And that's the end of the movie. I don't know if Harry accepts. Maybe he'll reject it and fly away. Well, he doesn't. He's not the hobgoblin in my movie. But that's the that's the end. All right, I like that. I okay. So I, I like it. I love it. I love the inclusion of the shocker, right? But also like him not being like the big bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I love how we both incorporated Oscorp. Because it's kind of like a big, like it's a big thing in the universe. And I think what's interesting is like kind of comparing it to the films is kind of Mm -hmm. the emphasis that like Oscorp is is placed on different films. Like, for example, um, in the second one, Oscorp isn't really a big deal. Like they in the in Spider-Man 2, they don't really ever mention Oscorp. Like very Don't they rarely, give money to um... yeah, but slightly. Um, but it's not really about Harry and Oscorp. It's really about Doctor Octavius, like a scientist gone mad kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. But then you had the Amazing Spider-Man franchise with Andrew Garfield that was like way more on like the corporate conspiracy kind of like oh something this company's in the shadows or it was it's a bit more company driven and I I just like that we both like pivoted that way. <laughs> yeah i was i was thinking about making venom my villain i came real close to doing it i came close because i i love venom right 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 uh i but i i wanted to like figure out the angle of like how to approach the story i was like oh adrian tomes he's a scientist oh okay oh he's part of this company oh okay because i was like because that was the biggest thing is like okay we can't do the hair peter's life is complete champ like you know like the way it is in spider-man 2 so i was like what's another angle that i can approach this i was like oh oscorp's kind of obvious right and like we have to deal with the fact that harry doesn't like spider-man doesn't like our main character right the main hero uh so i I like how we kind of put a bit more emphasis on it even though in the actual sequel i mean it's there it's present but it's not like harry's movie it's doc ock's movie in a sense if that makes like if that makes sense right like mm-hmm. they still make some big revelations like harry obviously sees peter's face um but peter doesn't have the big final fight with harry right if anything right. it's like we're gonna set that up for the third one um yeah and it also does kind of emphasize that kind of how far that third one went down though in terms of dealing with peter and harry's friendship mm-hmm. there's a lot of things going on in that movie and i it it feels like there's I almost wanted to make Venom Harry. Yeah. But it's like I can't I can't do that to Ven- to Venom again. You know, he's Well, <laughs> Venom I think- has had such a rough treatment in the film franchise. I was like, nah, let's make him let's make him who he's supposed to be. A journalist who hates Peter Parker. Yeah. Well, it is interesting because this this goes back to what I was saying, that there's so many sequels and stuff that are kind of in development. Spider Man two, I believe has Harry being consumed by by the symbiote, by Venom. Because I believe in the Spider-Man. in Spider-Man video games, in the PS4 one, I, I haven't finished Spider-Man, but I do know the story beats because I spoiled it for myself because I didn't have a PlayStation 4. I'm like, I'm going to know what happens. 
I think there's um <laughs> Harry's like in a uh, like a cryo water tube or something, and he's got like black goo on him, and I think it's very hin- heavily hinted that that's venom. I mean, because yeah, in Spider-Man universe, the only black goo kind of person early on is venom until the other symbiotes come in uh and in the sequel spider-man 2 for the for the sony playstation system venom is in the trailer so we're assuming that harry gets out and harry's the one that becomes venom um Hmm. so that there it was interesting trying to figure out who the villain was and then i did think about the harry and the glider peter swinging and vulture like you know, flying through the air. And I was like, oh, the Empire State Building. I was like, that could be kind of a cool final fight. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of King Kong a little bit. Um, So I was like, yeah, that's a cool, like, landmark, you know, kind of up in the air. It's like an aerial fight. Um, Mm -hmm. And Peter's kind Spider-Man doesn't have the advantage, right? Because he can't really swing anywhere. He just kind of has to... He's got limited upward mobility. (laughs) Very limited. And they're both trying to kill... Spider-Man, or, uh, you know, Vulture's trying to kill Harry, and Harry's trying to kill Spider-Man, but they, they have an edge over him, so I was like, okay, fuck it, let's just go in that direction. You got you gotta get that uh, landmark location battle, too. Yeah, and because I've never been in New York, I'm like, I don't really know what places to use except landmarks, which kind of highlights the brilliance from the original Spider-Man. You have it at the bridge, but then the, the fight moves to, like, an abandoned building, right? So it gets, like, really gritty and stuff, and it's a great final fight. It's not in like a big lands- landscape area. But I think in that situation, it works really well for that original one. But this being a sequel speed pitch, I was like, no, nah, we got to have it at the Empire State Building. Like, <laughs> I think it'd be kind of cool. Cool. All this right. was fun, I, man. I, this was really fun. I, I hope it was fun for everybody to listen to our uh speedily pitched sequels to 2002 spider-man you know i'm not saying our versions are better than the actual spider-man 2 but i don't know i feel like i would like to see them at least no 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 i i think i think i love our sequels i think they're great now that being said i still think spider-man 2 is better (laughs) for a lot of reasons but but i think number one it helps me appreciate the sequel right Mm -hmm. a lot more it's just because it, I, I still think it's a brilliant film, right? Number two, mm-hmm. it highlights some of the struggles that the future writers and directors have to deal with in terms of Spider-Man, right? And like, not just Spider-Man, but like, think of Batman. Think of all these superheroes that are just never going to die, right? <laughs> How many sequels is Superman, the new Superman film by James Bunk, James Bunk, James Gunn going to get, you know? So it kind we'll of, see. it highlights those struggles, and it's fun trying to figure out what's the actual story behind it. Like what's really happening? Yeah. And you can see why like certain things are changed for the movies too cuz like to me it's weird to have two guys that hate Spider-Man then I'm like okay well my alien thing also hates Spider-Man. Wouldn't it be easier if it had just if there's just one guy that hates Spider-Man isn't it obvious? But you know, it the this the comic book lore, right? deviating too much from that would upset people and that's something that yeah think about and that was part of the the issue i had with mine was oh like people aren't gonna like that i'm not including mj um 
because obviously MJ is like a big part of Peter's life. But I was like, Mm -hmm. I think the end of this one, Peter is really left alone. He doesn't have MJ to lean on. He doesn't have Harry to lean on. Um, He only has his Aunt May, which for the longest time was the only person he could lean on, right? After the death of of Ben, of Uncle Ben. So I was like, that's kind of sweet. And it kind of ends the sequel on like a dour note. Like, yeah, it kind of sucks being Spider-Man. You lose your friends. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You lose any real like, career prospects because you know one well the, the thing is with spider-man he'll lose stuff to to get it back later so that it feels good then yeah yeah because because mary jane it, you know she i'm sure she, she's in my film she's upset that peter obviously has been ghosting her but i think she realizes that it wasn't out of malicious intent and harry will forgive peter right because he knows like my father mm-hmm. i think harry in the third one like understands like it's trying to overcome the serum right which is telling him to kill spider-man but i think at some point harry will understand that this is what my father went through so he went crazy so harry, peter couldn't have killed my dad because you know like my dad was going crazy because of this mm-hmm. so yeah it, it it comes around for peter but in the meantime it's pretty shitty which i'll say this the sequel does really well too you know yeah it what also is interesting is both like Aunt May is in yours, but not a lot. Aunt May is barely in. I don't think I said Aunt May at all in, in my thing. And it kind of shows you how little uh, parts are, how little the parts were for women in these movies. Yeah. Because we didn't need, like, uh, they're there. Let's... <laughs> and they they like the guy. And <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. It's funny because and you and I are guilty of this, too. We're like, we need to give women more, more, uh, more roles in movies. We need to make them more important. We we sing this song every time we're on the podcast. Yada, yada, yada. And yet when we wrote ours, it's like, <laughs> oh, shit. No, Mary Jane's a love interest. And Aunt May pff, just comes in to make Peter feel happy at one point. It's like, <laughs> shit, like. <laughs> It just it shows you yeah. those blind spots that we unconsciously have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it's funny. This was a really revealing uh, exercise. I loved it. I think it's great. Yes. I can't wait for the next one. Yes. All right. I hope this was fun for all of you out there listening. Um, we'll be back with more in the future. More modern grades for sure. Uh, do you want to do a, a tier list one next? We don't have to do the Marvel tier list one, but we could. Do we should. We should do a tier list. list. Probably a John Wick tier list. There's only four of them. It's still good enough. Oh, maybe characters. Oh, Character maybe fight that, scenes. That, that could be. Oh, fight scenes would be a good one. Yeah, final fight scene in John Wick's, or just fight scenes in general. Yeah, that could be. That could work. We'll figure it out. Okay, we'll figure it out. All right. Let us know on the Patreon. What would you like to see as a tier list? And George and I will will uh, cook it up. We'll let it brew for a bit. <laughs> um, all right. That's it for now. We will see you on the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>